Well, good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Easter Sunday worship at Hillhead. Whether we're in the hotel or on Zoom, we are all very welcome. I wonder if the people on Zoom would like to give the folk in the hotel a wave and maybe they'll wave back to us. Would that be something we could do? Happy Easter, everybody. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina, but we'll also hear from Paul F., Esan, Grace, Wendy and Brian. And our musician this morning is Paul. In just a moment, Esther and David and their family will be lighting our candle. Now, as this is an all-age service, there's no Sunday school today, uh, but Emma and Bethany would love to hear from anyone who would be interested in helping with Sunday school. So have a think about that, and if it's something that you think you could do and would like to do, just drop one of them an email. This morning, the Kelvin Suite across the corridor is open and available if parents would like to take any little ones over there just to have a bit of a breather or a bit of a run around at any point during the service. Just make your way across. The door is open. And just note, there is no evening service today. Today is also the last day on which we can donate to our Lent appeal on behalf of Glasgow City Mission. You'll find the link in our, uh, to our Just Giving page on the email that I sent out yesterday. Uh, and it's also, of course, in this month's edition of The Key. Then a reminder that we will have a church meeting next Sunday, 24th of April, immediately after morning worship. This is to provide an update on the building as well as some other important issues. I'm just going to pause there and check that the folk in the hotel uh, are hearing me uh, before I go on to some important family news. Thank you. Um, we now know of the funeral arrangements for John McKinnon. John's funeral service will be held in the small chapel at Maryhill Crematorium at 1.45 on Tuesday the 26th of April. That's a week on Tuesday. Followed at approximately 2.30pm by a burial in Lamb Hill Cemetery. So that's John's funeral will be a week on Tuesday 26th of April at 1.45 in the small chapel at Maryhill Crematorium, followed by a burial. And then news from Lilius's daughter Pamela that Lilius will be moving to Oakview Manor Care Home in Pollock Shields on Monday the 25th of April. Now it will be possible for us to visit Lilius there but not of course until she's had time to settle in and get used to being there. So Pam will let us know when that is possible but um, she will be moving on Monday the 25th of April. These, I think, are all our notices and time now for Esther, David and their family to light our Easter candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is a light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ like this day.
come to God now in prayer. I'm going to lead us in the Lord's, in, sorry, in a general prayer. And at the end of that, Paul Fraser will lead us on Zoom in the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together. God of new life, on this new day, as we begin a new way of gathering for worship, we praise you that wherever we are, you are fully present, the unseen host who welcomes us. As we think back over the last two years, we have so much to be thankful for. The technology that, despite glitches, has enabled us to connect across the miles and in different time zones by computer, tablet, smartphone and telephone. For the team of volunteers who have extracted recordings, co-hosted on Zoom, read scripture, written prayers, composed or recorded new music, adding colour and energy to our gatherings. Every single person and household that's chosen work to worship with us, whether well-kent faces or occasional visitors. Thank you, God, for all that has been such a gift to us. As we gather this morning, we feel a whole range of thoughts and feelings. Some are excited and eager. Some are tense and nervous. Some feel the weight of expectation. Some feel uncertain or afraid. Yet each one of us is welcomed by you just as we are. And whilst the way we gather is different, the reason we gather never changes. On this Easter Sunday, this day of resurrection, new life and new beginnings, we offer you all that we are and all that we do, asking that by your spirit's touch, you surprise us with unexpected joy, love and hope. This we pray in the name of Jesus, whose defeat of sin and death makes all things new. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Sunday has a lot of familiarity about it for a lot of people. And I've asked a couple of people who are on Zoom to share with us something about Easter for them that has been special in the past, whether for a few years or for a number of years. And I'm going to hear first from Grace and then from Wendy. Well, for me, there aren't any Easter traditions that have lasted over many years. Um, instead, the traditions have kind of changed over time. Uh, so they've come and gone over the years. But the one I that immediately comes to mind for me is when a number of years ago, for several years, um, we had the tradition of coming together as a church at church early on an Easter, on Easter Sunday morning to have breakfast communion together. I think the breakfast was served at nine. So a crowd of us would come together well before that um, to lay out tables and, and prepare the breakfast. Um, I remember we cooked mounds of bacon. Um, I know we did prepare other foods, but um, I'm a big fan of bacon. So what sticks in my mind is the, the piles of bacon that we cooked. Um, and then when everyone else arrived, we would sit down and serve each other and eat breakfast together. And it was just such a lovely way to celebrate Easter all together. Ah, hello, everybody. Lovely to see you all. I've got a favourite Easter hymn. It's called There is a Green Hill Far Away. Now, some of you will know it well. Others never heard of it. Why? Because nowadays, in these times, it is rarely sung. There is that pesky why. Again, why? Well, because modern sophisticated opinion considers many of such old hymns too simple and sentimental. Oh dear, we can't have sentimentality creeping in. Well, I'm not arguing the point, but I would say we can sometimes be too sophisticated for our own good. Some of such hymns in their simple perhaps naive face, often express vividly our complex, mixed feelings when we contemplate the enormity and wonder of the Easter sacrifice. For me, this hymn still has the power to touch my emotions, move me to humble tears and promote the thought, Jesus, my Saviour, thank you. Please help me to be worthy of your ordeal. So I'll finish with a very brief sample of the lyrics spoken. I'll spare you my singing voice. There is a green hill far away without a city wall where the dear Lord was crucified who died to save us all. We may not know, we cannot tell what pains he had to bear. But we believe it was for us he hung and suffered there. Amen. So just very briefly, if anybody in the room would like to share something for them that is a significant, this is what Easter means to me thing, if you could put your hand up, because I'll need to repeat it back for the microphone. So if anybody thinks, yeah, actually, this is something that for me is, is a really important part of Easter, just please feel free to put a hand up and call out. Um, if everybody's gone shy on me, that's OK. <laughs> I think they've all gone shy. I'm, I'm, I'm making them feel a bit exposed, not to worry. So there are things that uh, we're accustomed to and there are things that are less familiar. When I was growing up, Good Friday was always hot cross buns for breakfast. This year, I didn't actually manage to get one on Good Friday. So that was a bit of a miffing thing, but hey-ho. But, you know, last year, I discovered there was such a thing as a Marmite hot cross bun from Marks and Spencer's. And I thought that sounded a bit strange. I, I like Marmite and I like hot cross buns, but I couldn't see how the two could fit together. However, I was very brave. I went off to the shop and I bought some. And to my great relief, there is no fruit in a Marmite hot cross bun. It is just a brioche bun with some Marmite spread over the top. So if you like brioche buns and you like Marmite, worth a try. But, you know, sometimes the unexpected can be positive. So, again, I wonder if anybody on, on Zoom or in the room 
has anything over the last couple of years that has surprised you about how we've been able to do church, but actually has felt good? And just call them out if you have. And if you're on, on Zoom, just unmute and call them out. And if it goes a bit wobbly, it goes a bit wobbly, it's okay. Uh, yes, Lizzie. Over the past year, my health has made it difficult for me to leave the house. And so being able to consistently come to a Zoom service has actually been very, um, I think accessibility is the right for you. Good. Thank you. So, so Lizzie was just saying over the last year, um, her health has meant that she's not been able to get out of the house as much. So being able to join worship on Zoom has been very freeing. And I think, I think a lot of us would echo that, hasn't it? Over the last two years, it's just been great. Not to have to worry about even getting dressed if you don't want to. You can just worship. Turn your computer on or your phone and worship. Anybody else like to share anything that's been positive for them, wherever you might be? (laughs) (laughs) So so Heather has just said having the cats join in. Yeah, I think Sophie's um, sulking this morning because she's been left at home. She's not allowed out to the hotel. But we have various cats and various dogs who really liven things up for us and I think you might have your mic unmuted yeah I was just going to say um the randomness of the breakout rooms has been wonderful not knowing who's going to pop up in your group and having the chance just to chat to whoever happens to be there that's been lovely thank you and Janet I think you Janet and Janet and Roger you had your hand up I think just being made so welcome by you all on zoom and the breakout rooms have been great for getting to know you just a wee bit And it's been lovely to have you getting to know us as well. Was that a Katrina hand I saw up? Yes, Katrina. The fabulous fertility services that we've had via Zoom and all the work that Beth and Emma and the Sunday School put into those. I don't think I'll forget the cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was a a thanks from Katrina for the nativity services done on video on Zoom. And she said she she don't think she'll quite forget the cats from two Christmases ago. Unfortunately, he's not here today. I don't think if he is, he's hiding, uh, but that's lovely. So all sorts of interesting and new and different things that we would never have discovered had we not all of us said, you know what, let's just give this Zoom thing a go. I'm not going to make any pretenses that this was all for good purpose because that's just not true. But out of the reality that we were thrust into, we have all really given our best shot to it and some of it has been truly wonderful and it's great to do that hopefully um just before i move on this is slightly moving from my script but you should have received a card through the post an easter card through the post um hopefully people have not brought them along with them because that was not the intention but you can open them as and when you like in there you'll find two little things hopefully one per human in your house one is to remind you of the god who loves you and one is as a symbol that is often used for new life. And I leave you to work out which is which as and when you open those envelopes. So it's lovely then to begin this new way of gathering today. And what better day than Easter Sunday? We know that not everything is going to go as expected. We're already juggling little bits of script and queuing as we go because of sound issues. But, you know, that doesn't matter. What really matters is being able to worship together. So let's carry on doing that as we're going to sing our second hymn, Come Sing of the Springtime.
Luke 24, 1-12 On the first day of the week, at the early dawn, the woman came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb. They told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking, looking in, he saw the linen cloth by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. Sunday. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Easter Sunday. Same old story. Same old hymns. Sorry, Wendy. But they are at least familiar and comforting. And in amongst all the uncertainty and confusion of the world of which we are part, surely we need something that stays the same something that doesn't surprise us with too many unexpected plot twists. And of course, at one level, that is true. The story doesn't change. It's almost 2,000 years old, and we may have heard it so many times that we no longer know which bit comes from which gospel, if any of them. Never mind how many layers of tradition have got unconsciously added. It is good to have some constants in our lives, things that are dependable, that we don't need to think about, whether that is where we go on holiday, the people we spend our time with, some of the favourite books we read, or our core beliefs about Jesus. But it's also true that sometimes life throws us a curveball. Things don't work out as we expected, and we have to renegotiate things that we actually thought were constant. Two years ago, almost overnight, along with everyone else in these islands and countless other nations across the globe, we had to rethink our entire way of being, not just for church, but for work, for school, and even for home. So maybe it's appropriate on Easter Sunday that we think about two very different tales of the unexpected. 
Now, we were going to play in the tales of the unexpected theme here, but I think that's just a step too far for Zoom to cope with this morning. So if you're old enough to remember that tune, remember it. I'm not going to sing it because that would definitely break that. I've got some people doing a little dance here who actually do remember it. The first Easter. I woke up, stretched, and as consciousness returned, I remembered he was dead. Jesus, a charismatic, enigmatic rabbi from up north, whose stories had enchanted us, whose teaching had inspired us, whose signs and wonders suggested he was someone very special indeed, was cold and dead and lying in a tomb given to him by a man called Joseph. It seems strange that a man called Joseph offering the place to lay his body and a woman called Mary now preparing to go and anoint his body. Mary and Joseph, as in birth, so it seemed, in death. Reluctantly, I pulled my shawl around me, gathered the spices and ointments that would be needed, and made my way into the pre-dawn stillness. The grass still wet with dew, the birds stirring from sleep, and I paused at the place that we'd agreed to meet. Together, whispering greetings and wondering how we might do this, we made our way along the road into the garden. Just the three of us, Mary of Magdala, Joanna, and me, Mary, the mother of James. We knew that when we got there, our first task was going to be the most physically demanding. Somehow, the three of us needed to move the huge stone that had been used to block the entrance to the tomb. What if we couldn't do that? Guess we'd have to convince some other men to help us, if we could find them, that is, because they all seem to have gone into hiding since the sentence was passed. And we knew what we would find once we did get inside. After all, we had walked the path from Golgotha to the garden watched through our tears as Joseph's servants had laid his battered body to rest as gently as they could, and how, with necessary haste, the tomb had been closed and we left him all alone, just as the sun set to start Shabbat. I stopped, unable to move. I turned to Joanna to Mary, and they too stood there staring in horror and disbelief. Someone had got there before us. Someone had moved the stone. What on earth? Tentatively, we stepped forward. Cautiously, we made our way as quietly as we could into the tomb, not knowing what we might find. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Someone had got there before us and moved his body. But why? Who would do such a thing? What could anybody gain by this? The tears fell and my vision blurred. And then it happened something utterly unexpected, something we could never properly explain, a story that nobody could ever quite recall. A vision, maybe. An epiphany. But we all saw two men were there with us. And suddenly we remembered the words that he had told us before any of this happened about being arrested and, and dying and, and rising again. 
so still bewildered and dazed, we made our way back to the city where we spent ages searching for them. Peter, James and John, Andrew, Thomas and, and all the others. And when we told them what had happened, not one of them believed us. Just silly women's tales, they said. Easter 2022. We scanned the calendar, wondering if now might be a good time to move on from Zoom-only worship, which had served us so well for the past two years, and begin a process of moving to hybrid worship, which would allow some people to meet on site at a hotel or other venue, and others to meet online. We checked the government guidelines. We had small group discussions using breakout rooms after Sunday worship. We listened as carefully as we could to one another. And then we set a date. Easter Sunday. What better date could there be, we wondered. The most important day in the Christian calendar. So... We booked a hotel. The worship group met on Zoom, carefully and prayerfully thinking how we might just manage to make this work. We knew that this was not about going back to how things used to be before the pandemic. We knew that hybrid worship, to be all that we dreamed it might be, was a huge challenge. Sitting down this week to write a reflection, I knew what I had to attempt. And yet, despite being part of all the planning and all the preparation, I could not be quite sure what to expect. It is fair to say that because of who we are, those of us in the worship team, we did our best to expect the unexpected. We put in as many safeguards as we possibly could against unwanted surprises. None of you can see it, but Anne and I both have a full copy of the script and I have a copy of the stuff that's being delivered from online just in case the Zoom crashes here or something else goes doolally. We are very organised people and that's a good thing for me anyway. But just like those women who visited Jesus' grave on the first Easter, even though we had done everything we possibly could, we didn't know what we would find. It says in my script here, despite our best efforts, it could all go horribly wrong. Well, we've had a few glitches with play-ins of audio this morning. If that's all that goes wrong, brilliant. Congratulations to all of us. And we will get the audio sorted. What hopefully the people on, in the hotel aren't seeing and the people on Zoom definitely aren't seeing is I've got two people frantically doing everything they possibly can to keep us going. And it's brilliant. I remembered as I was working on this reflection, some of the things we shared over the last two years. The times that Zoom was shaky and people had to do several attempts to get in. There was a time even this week when my laptop crashed. It was a time that I had to phone in. I remember the dogged determination of some of our older folk to learn to use Zoom, sometimes having the picture on the screen and the phone in their hand because there were problems getting the sound out. I recalled the, young, the new music that some of the young people wrote. Sarah wrote some amazing music for us, as I recall. I also recall the nativity plays done by the Sunday School and all those special stories in which people, so, sorry, special services even, in which people shared their stories. But what I remembered above all is that we are a resilient community of people trying our best to follow Jesus in an unpredictable, it says here, often worrying, sometimes frankly terrifying world. Today, as we celebrate Christ rising, 
We also celebrate the story of which we are part, in which we walk together sharing joys and sorrows, hopes and fears, faith and doubt. We really are pilgrims on a journey, companions on the road, doing our best to follow Jesus in a very uncertain world in strange and troubling times. Whatever we expected today might be like, I really hope that we have felt welcomed and valued and connected. It's not what any of us perhaps expected, anticipated or predicted. It may be not even what people wished for. But by the grace of God, it's an exciting new tale of the unexpected. And so let's sing together that amazing hymn about being brothers and sisters, serving Jesus, walking together. We have heard these words of scripture. They were perplexed. They were amazed. This is a day that changes the way we think. This is a day that changes the way we act. This is a day that changes the way we live. And so with the hope and action incited in us by the resurrection, we bring our prayers for others and for ourselves. We pray together. Living God, revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. This morning we should perhaps ask to understand afresh the perplexity and amazement of that feast first Easter day. Remind us, should we ever forget that you are a God of the unexpected, a God who turns the expectations of this world upside down, bringing hope out of despair, laughter out of tears, light out of darkness, life out of death. 
Help us to hold to these truths as we encounter the injustice, oppression, and violence which seem beyond the influence of any power. May we embrace the truth that no situation, however bleak or hopeless it may seem, is out with the embrace of your love and your power to make all things new, to transform death into life. This morning we continue our prayers for the peoples of Ukraine and Russia. We see and hear the destruction and carnage in Ukraine. We remember in silence. We also remember the long-running wars, acts of injustice, abuse of power, humanitarian catastrophes, which the news coverage of Ukraine has eclipsed. There are so many, but this morning we name Yemen, Myanmar, Palestine, Syria. And again, we remember in silence. Every week, we pray for our partners in BMS World Mission. BMS has been working in Albania since 1992, nearly 30 years. And the current work is focused on supporting vulnerable communities as well as the Albanian church. And this week, we are asked to pray for the work in Albania. Dan, as he mentors and develops church community leaders. Annie as she works for national physiotherapy through training and mentoring interns. Rexina, working with our partner as a physiotherapist in rehab and health promotion. Meggie and Valmira, in their crucial work in the finance and administration of all the work. And in Scotland, in the Baptist Union of Scotland, we're invited this week to remember Hilary Naika, who's the chaplain at Polmont, HMP Polmont, who has asked that we pray for vulnerable individuals struggling with a sense of rejection, forgiveness, guilt, shame, and unworthiness. We're asked to remember the congregation at Calduffel in Inverness, who ask for the prayer that various ministries of the church will be a bridge with the community. For the congregation at Culloden Baloch, just outside Inverness, who seek wisdom and insight as they continue to explore the opportunities for work and worship within the area in which they are now located. For Cumbernauld, who ask for God's guidance on the road ahead as they seek a new minister who will be their partner for the next stage of their life together. And for our union as a whole, we give thanks that we are called to work together with sisters and brothers in other churches across Scotland. And this week we are asked to pray for Martin Hodson, our general director, as he attends the Scottish Church Leaders Meeting this week. 
and here at Hillhead, within our own local community. Our prayer rotor this for this coming week encourages us to remember the key and all the other communications which are organised within our congregation. Clifford, Ed P, Christian, Katrina G, Jean and Walter, Paul and Rico, Ailey, Leo, Rachel F, Katrina H and Ben, and Rachel H. Risen Lord, even if we live in a world of low expectations and self-absorbed soul, even if the eyes of our own souls see only what we expect to see, open our eyes afresh to the unexpected. For this is the day that changes the way we think. This is the day that changes the way we act. This is the day that changes the way we live. Amen. blessing thank you so much everybody for joining us this morning however you've been managed to do it and for sticking with us after the blessing i will be creating breakout groups for those online if you would like to chat those on site if you would like to chat please spread out use the room opposite be respectful of whether people are comfortable with contact or not i know you will be and please say hi to fiona who is visiting us 
today. Fiona is our placement student. Um, it'd be nice just to say hi to her. So a final blessing for this Easter Sunday. May the eternal God, whose cosmic love, mercy and grace are unchanging and watches over us. May the cosmic Christ who we meet in Jesus of Nazareth walk with us. May the wise Holy Spirit encourage us as we live out our faith in ways we expect and in ways totally unexpected. Amen. <laughs>